Hello and welcome. My name is Amy Johnson and I attend All Nations Church right here in Tallahassee. And I am rigged. I'm excited today. Today I have the first, the one, the only exclusive interview with Apostle Atomi Oraimi. With overwhelming humility mixed in with a whole bunch of excitement, I have the opportunity to honor and to introduce to this audience, Apostle Atomi Oraimi, founder of Rig Nation. Rig stands for Restoring Issachar's Generation. Apostle Tomi is here traveling with his team throughout the U.S. and Canada over the next month, this month of June, with a powerful message to the U.S., as well as a few key states. This tour started in Arizona. It is now at its second stop right here in Tallahassee, Florida, at Tennessee, Mississippi, the huge one, the mama of them all in Texas. There is a stop in Pennsylvania and ending, but just added, Alberta, Calgary. His first stop was just this past weekend at Pentecost at Doorkeepers of Revival at Fresh Start Church in Arizona. His next stop is tonight at All Nations here in Tallahassee. I repeat, it is tonight here in Tallahassee. We have a prophetic encounter like none have ever seen right here in Capital City. I would like to welcome to Wave 94, Apostle Atomi Oraimi. Welcome, sir. Wow, thank you. That was an amazing introduction. Thank you so much. Wow, I, it is my honor and privilege. I, like I said earlier, there's two of me because I am beside myself right now. Can you give us a little bit of background? Tell us a little bit about how Rig started. Sure. Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. And it's a great honor to be here in Tallahassee uh, for the next phase of this um, revival that's going on. I believe God is awakening America and um, it's America's time, truly. I, uh, Rig started in 2007. Uh, Rig stands for Restoring Issachar's Generation. Issachar was a tribe in First Chronicles 12.32 that had understanding of the times and knew what Israel ought to do. Um, 2007, the Lord spoke to me. Um, I was a pastor back then. I just planted, uh, we planted about 16 or 17 churches around the United Kingdom. And the Lord spoke to me in a vision and he said, where are my prophets? And I said to the Lord, I don't even know what a prophet is, um, except for maybe the major prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and all of those people. And I was of the theology that those prophets were uh, long gone and we don't need them anymore because we're in the ministry of the spirit. Um, it wasn't until the Lord told me, go back and raise them up that I came back to. And all of a sudden the Lord started visiting me for the better part of a month daily, um, giving me revelation and understanding and insight into the prophetic, what it is and the need to revive it. And so I went on a 30-day time of just taking notes on what the Lord was saying. And it was then 2007 that Rignation was birthed. Wow, wow, wow. You kind of gave a little bit of taste of your introduction to being a prophet, but can you give us a little bit more insight? When did you know that sure. this was you, a part of you? Sure. So it starts when I was five years old. Um, 
at the age of five, I had my first encounter with the Lord. I was born with rickets and I had uh, asthma and several other illnesses. Five years old, I'm sitting outside a window in Glasgow where we first had our start in Scotland. And I look outside my window and I start to see pictures and scenes of the end times. I saw destruction, chaos. Um, I had visions of rapture and people being taken up and caught up in the sky. And I remember uh, vividly at five hearing this song singing whilst this um, moment was happening. And the song was, Oh, when the saints go marching in. And I realized at five that it was angels that were singing that song in my room. And I heard the audible voice of God for the first time in five times. I've heard the audible voice of God say, one day you're going to lead my saints in. When I was about, I'm, I'm flash forwarding to some key moments that I really knew I was a, I was called to the prophetic was when I was about 15, 16 years old. We had failed some quite serious exams that would determine whether or not we go into higher education. And, um, I remember that night being, a, uh, uh, my brother and I were very fearful of our parents because they're Nigerians and anybody who is Nigerian watching knows exactly what I'm talking about. Education is the first priority of every Nigerian, especially those who move you from Nigeria to the UK to get a better education. So I pretty much squandered my education for, and it, I was seen as a reproach to a lot of our family. And because of that, my brother and I had suicidal thoughts at that time. And so we said to the Lord that night, I didn't know my brother prayed the same prayer. I have an identical twin brother. We said to the Lord, if you're real, show us who we are, or tonight we're going to wake up tomorrow and kill ourselves. That was what I prayed. That night I had a dream. And in this dream, a very me then, I was very overweight, rickets, asthma. I crawled through this tiny claustrophobic hole um, which was probably symbolic of my life back then. And I got out of the hole and I saw myself on a stage and I was doing what I now know is preaching. I was raised Catholic, so I didn't know what that was, but I was doing what I now know is preaching. And there were thousands of people as far as I could see, and they were all chanting, um, but I couldn't hear their chant because I was in the crowd. All of a sudden, I was transported onto the stage where I saw the version of me preaching to those people, but they were all chanting, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And as I was preaching, these glory like rainbows were going over the people. And I was so angry because I said, that's not Jesus on the stage. That's Tommy on the stage. I was very ambitious back then. Um, but I heard this. I saw this being a brilliant bright light in the corner of the dream. And he said to me, my son, you asked me, and this is what I've called you to. I, I woke up. My twin brother woke up. I sat up. He sat up. And at the same time, we said, I had a dream. And I said to my brother, what's your dream? He said, I crawled through a hole in my house. I came out the other side. I saw myself on a stage. People were chanting Jesus. It wasn't Jesus. It was me. Then this being a bright light said, my son, you asked me if this is what I've called you to. And it turned out we had the exact same dream at the exact same time on the exact same night. And um, it was there my brother surrendered his heart to Christ.
I struggled a bit more, but he did straight away. But that was an amazing second dose of the sign of the call. Wow. 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 It's, it's an honor sitting here with you in the room. And if, if you all can't tell, there's a little bit of accent in your sure, voice. Sure. You don't have that Southern drawl like we do here in the sure. South. Can you give us just a little bit of your background? Tell us where you're from. So I was born in Nigeria, lived there till I was two, then moved to the United Kingdom where we, we lived for several years, over 20 something odd, well, over 30 something odd years actually we've lived in the uk and then just recently my family and i have migrated to nigeria yes uh you and your beautiful family your married prophetess yeah. uh tamar beautiful and you yeah. have three three boys three little ones just yeah. like you what is it like the the home life balanced with the, <laughs> the life of an apostle that's an interesting question. You know, the, the, my least favorite question is, um, how do you balance life and ministry and serving God? Um, there's no easy formula. And one of the things I've had to learn to do is stop seeing them as a balancing act and start making them the same thing. They're all ministry, whether it's family, loving my wife, all of it is service to God. And so if I stop trying to, I think, I think we become imbalanced in trying to balance as opposed to realizing that we don't have to balance God and we don't have to balance ministry. And we don't have to balance family we can include them all in the service of God. So my boys have dreams. My boys prophesy. Um, my five-year-old son came to me, and, uh, came to his mom actually and told his mom the most powerful prophetic word that, that Jesus gave him. And he said, he said, mommy, um, if you put one foot in Jesus, you get a little Jesus. But if you put two feet in Jesus, you get all of Jesus. We're still shocked. We're like, where did you get that from? But, but you see God touching his heart and using him. And, you know, most nights he will come to us and he'll say, I saw Jesus in my dream and he took me here. And what did he say to you? So we're learning so much from such young children. But one of the things we're learning, even as we're progressing through the nations, is there is no junior Holy Spirit. There, there are junior people, but there's no junior Holy Spirit. God can speak through anybody. And out of the mouths of babes, he's ordained praise. And and so we're we're excited to see our family fully coming into to Jesus. Wow, I'm, I am taken aback. I, and I, I know you just recently made a big move from the UK yeah. to Nigeria. Can you talk a little bit about that? So, um, 2018, I had a prophetic word for Nigeria, and much of that prophetic word is playing out even right now. Um, that Nigerians should pray against the Islamization of their country. And right now we're actually seeing two front runners who are both Muslims running for the presidency of the nation. And it's, it's heartbreaking to see, um, you know, people don't know that, that when prophets prophesy, we also weep ab about our prophecies because, um, we don't, you know, there's, there's a fine line between patriotism and obedience to God. And sometimes the two can conflict in your soul and you want your country to do well. Uh, my wife is not Nigerian. She is actually British Jamaican. 
And so I told her that the Lord told me that we should move to Nigeria. And her exact words were, hell no. Those were the two <laughs> prophetic phrases that she coined together. Because uh, Nigeria is very dangerous, actually. It's um, filled with all kinds of dangers from Fulani herdsmen who are pillaging people in the, in, in the center of Nigeria to Boko Haram, who is like our version of the Taliban, all the way to our governors and our presidents who are killing each other. It's a very dangerous, volatile place to live and raise kids. Um, and my parents fled Nigeria under the Abacha regime, which is was a heavily dictatorial uh, military rule. Um, so they don't like Nigeria. My wife doesn't like Nigeria, but God said, move to Nigeria. And so I left it and then I would visit, but then COVID hit and we all got into lockdown and I thought we had missed the season. It wasn't until a prophet friend of mine came and prophesied that I really believe God's called you to move to Nigeria and the door's still open in case you think it's closed and God's going to touch your wife. And I was like, amen, amen, amen. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't until, um, a, my spiritual mom, Dr. Sharon, well, between that, I spoke to my wife, I shared the prophecy and all of a sudden she just said, let's go. That was my face too. <laughs> um, it, it was an emoji face. I was like, what? Um, I was expecting an argument, some confrontations, and, you know, I would have preferred that to just let's go after a year of, of no. Um, but she got just touched her and I couldn't describe it. It was like, um, Saul of Tarsus became Paul and everybody's wondering if he's still going to persecute you. But she just said, let's go. And, you know, my wife is wonderfully obedient and loving God, but with three kids, it was a hard decision. Um, but God touched a heart. Next day, was sitting in my office and Dr. Sharon calls me, my spiritual mom. She goes, I had a dream about you. I said, what was it? She said, you were being welcomed into a country. And um, instead of giving you the Hawaiian, I don't know what they call that, Hawaiian flowers around the neck, lei, instead of giving you the lei, they gave you a bouquet of yellow flowers shaped like trumpets. And she says, what do you think that means? I said, well, I don't know. But, you know, my wife got just touched her to move to Nigeria. She's shaking about it, but God's really touched her heart to do it. And she said, tell me, check, do me a favor and Google the national flower of Nigeria. So I Googled it and it's called the yellow trumpet flower. So you couldn't make it up. So I shared it with my wife. We were all weeping in the office. And it was from that word and decision that we decided to move and relocate to Nigeria. We gave away everything, wow. um, cars, furniture, everything. We gave it away. And God multiplied that harvest on the other side. He literally gave us cars houses, wow. put our kids through school, tuition paid. Um, God touched the heart of the headmistress to just say, we're not going to charge you. you. Your kids are going to school for free. And so we've just seen the providence of obedience um, moving into the Lord. Wow. Wow. If there's one thing that you could dispel about prophecy, what would that one thing be? The assumption that Prophets declare sovereign words is the myth I would want to dispel. Um, the Bible is the more sure word of prophecy, and it always will be. Um, 
there are people who believe prophets like me should not be in existence anymore, whether by office or by gift. And yet the fruit always speaks for itself. So that's not really my area of challenge. You know, prophets have been persecuted from the beginning of time and they're going to continue to be persecuted to the end of time. Um, that's what the Bible says. Um, so I'm not going to fight a battle that the scripture already says is part of our eschatology. That's not my debate. My debate is the ones that believe in prophecy, uh, but they believe that prophets are somehow sovereign speakers of the sovereign will of God, which we're not. You know, the Bible says in first Corinthians that we behold in part and we see in part. Number one, that means we'll never see the whole picture. And if we do, if we claim to, we're a cult and people should run away from us because we see in part, we behold in part. And every one of us has a part of that picture. No one should ever claim to have the whole thing. Number two, I think, um, I think nine times out of 10 prophecies conditional, unless God says it's not. Name us three, can two walk together lest they be agreed? That means God is always looking for people to agree with prophecy. And, and so prophets don't declare God's outcome. We declare God's will. People declare the outcome by their agreement. I mean, think about, you know, um, prophet Isaiah or Jeremiah who said, well, you know, if you would just repent, I will forgive you. Or if you'll just come, come to me, let's reason together. Prophecy is a reasoning with the Lord. It's not necessarily this is going to happen. Prophet prophesied that a king was going to die. The king turned his face to the wall and changed the outcome. That means we can actually partner with the spirit of God. God can say, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham goes, hang on, God, there's still some 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, negotiating all the way down to the last second with God. Prophecy is an invitation of God to war, not to wait, to war. And so often I think we wait for prophecy instead of warring for prophecy. And Paul told Timothy that we take up these prophecies, but by them we may wage a good warfare. And so my concern is the people who receive prophecies, keep it on their phones, but never war with it, never partner with heaven, never form prayer groups to steward the prophetic word or to say, let's pray this in, let's fight this in. Remember Daniel received a prophecy that after 70 years, children of Israel come out of captivity. He read it from the prophet Jeremiah, and he read that Osiris was coming from Isaiah. And so imagine him having these prophecies. We're now in the 70th year. They're still in captivity. He didn't go, well, God said he's going to do it. He prayed and fasted 21 days. And there was a spirit of delay that Michael came to report that Gabriel came like, there's delay in this, but thank you for your warfare. That means if Daniel didn't pray, they would have stayed in captivity longer. And so I, you know, the Bible says, ask for me for rain in the time of rain. And I believe we're in a time of rain and I'm, I'm believing God that this is the time Pentecost month that Florida is going to say it's, it's outpouring time. Amen. It is outpouring time and I'm standing with my umbrella, my big bucket, (laughs) two big buckets, whomever I can call to bring a container to catch this rain, to catch this outflow. I am excited. Now, I know the Lord has given you several prophecies over the last few years, and I admit I've been following you for a while, and I'm a student in one of your your master class, and we'll talk a little bit about that later on. Is there a particular one for the U.S. that you would like to speak about? 
prophecy wise oh gosh there's just so many um i i don't even know where to begin um but you know one of the key words that the lord has for the u.s presently is that there are three nations that are going to uh, rise up in america three states that are going to rise up to really be the redemptive states for the United States of America. And God called them Florida, Arizona, and Texas. And it, I'm glad we're in the seat of government here in Florida. I believe it's prophetic, although I didn't even know until my team pointed out to me that what Tallahassee was. I was like, Tallahassee, really? <laughs> Is the seat of government? Yeah. But, you know, absolutely, we're, we're here on a prophetic assignment. And, and um, right now we're in the heart of of what I believe is is the warm heart of America. I believe Florida is the heart, and if the heart grows cold, the nation grows cold. And so um, we went to Arizona, which I believe is the spine, prophetically the backbone of the U.S. and 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 we saw God just wake up and revive the hearts of the people. But one of the words the Lord was giving me was that he's going to give the United States of America one more chance to partner with righteousness. And I really believe Florida, Arizona, and Texas are three states that are going to decide the future of America, whether America goes to a sheep nation or a goat nation. And those references are uh, the division in the end times of Jesus, sheep from goat. But the Bible says, make disciples of nations. And I believe that Florida is in a time where revival and outpouring is coming to revive the heart of the United States of America towards righteousness. And this is America's time, but it's an if it's all a condition, you know, um, there's a scripture that keeps burning on my heart. If my people call by my name and, and that means that God is requiring critical mass and critical mass means a mass representation of the people called by his name, gathering together. The gathering is the hardest part, you know, getting those people together to tip the scale for righteousness um, means that we have to get beyond denomination, means that we have to get beyond uh, ideology, eschatology, all of these isms and schisms that have divided us and really unite together. Another thing is I believe Florida is going to raise one of the strongest leaders for the United States of America in its political scene. And I believe it's already rising up a spirit of leadership the Lord said is coming from Florida. And um, I really believe spirit of leadership is coming from Florida and a spirit of leadership is coming from Texas. And so the Lord is really speaking about these two rising up in a, in an amazing way to take back the heart of the nation. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you haven't already heard on wave 94, that, um, that prophecy was actually played here oh, already. Okay. Yes. Yes. So we're, we're, <laughs> like I said, I'm beside myself. There are two people sitting here because it is it is a prophetic and ordained a time that you are here yeah. in the capital city releasing those words. Mm. And we at All Nations are partnering with those words to see it come to Amen. fulfillment. So Wonderful. I'm excited. You, you mentioned the word discipleship. Um, 
I know that there are lots of components with uh, Rig Nation. Can you talk a little bit about the the masterclass and how that uh, flows into discipleship? Well, the masterclass has really surprised us this year. I mean, my team is here who have um, been the administrators and forerunners of that. Um, But this year we've had 1,000 students from all over the world sign up to join the masterclass. And really what it is, is it's a prophetic discipleship and training course that um, I don't really want to call it a course anymore. It's, it's become more of a community because um, those after us stay, tend to stay with us. So um, it's it's become an amazing community of people gathered together who want to grow in their understanding of the prophetic. You know, people say there shouldn't be school of of prophets, we should all go to theology school. But before theology school, the first schools in the Bible are the schools of the prophets, the original schools. Why? Because I think it wasn't, I think God did it because he didn't want us to go to places to learn about God. He, he wanted us to learn God, you know, and schools of prophets is where you learn God. And it wasn't just prophets that went to the schools of the prophets. There were sons of the prophets, wives of the, of the prophets. Everybody went, musicians, all these people went. Why? Because they wanted to be around a community that was hearing God, not hearing about God. And that's really the, 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 the defining line between schools of prophets and schools of theology is we actually train you not to hear the voice of God. Big misconception. We train you to discern the voice of God because God's speaking. The question is not hearing. The question is discerning. I mean, look, we're in a radio station right now. There are multiple sounds playing all over the atmosphere, uh, but we have to discern wave 94.1. And how do we discern it? We tune in, right? Um, schools of prophets is really a tuning in school to help you in the midst of all of the aerial voices to learn how to tune into God's voice for your life, for your business, for your kids. You know, we do so many courses, the profits in family, the profits in business marketplace. Uh, so you can, so you learn that God doesn't cut his voice off when you enter into the secular world. People think, Oh, I got, I enter into my job like Peter. Oh, God, stop speaking about fishing and you know, this is not your business where, where we know fishing, but nonetheless at your word, right? So the prophetic helped boost his business. And so we, we, we need to camp around the voice of God. I believe that, uh, so strongly. And so we've, we started the school in 07 and it's just been growing in leaps and bounds. And we're constantly trying to figure out new ways to bring the prophetic into, uh, uh, um, people's lives and, and the limitations of Online, online is very limiting to training because I'm very hands on and I realize that discipleship without proximity is, is a fan club. It's mentorship. It's, it's not the same as being in the room and coming into the company of the prophets. And so we're definitely looking for ways to start hosting schools of the prophets in town as opposed to online. You signing up to great. Let's do it. Let's do it. Rig, Florida, right here in Tallahassee. Write that down. I'm saying it. Rig, Florida, right here in Tallahassee. Yeah, at the beginning of the year, the Lord called you to start a prophetic tour. Um, And you've been doing crusades since March of this year. Can you speak a little bit about the 
the trail or the journey? Sure. Um, the Lord, when we moved to Nigeria, the Lord told me to don't go after the found, go after the lost. I realized that, and I don't want to sound cynical, but I realized a lot of today's modern day evangelism is really evangelizing people from other churches to come to your church. <laughs> it really is. There's a lot of, a lot of spillover of people and we wanted to go for the lost. And so we started to rent fields in some very interesting parts of Nigeria. I mean, we've been in Wari, we've been in Benin, uh, um, where, We've been in Kenya, actually, as well, just launching out into the deep. And we've seen just lives touched, set free, delivered in Wari. I remember uh, just, a, I think he's a 13-year-old boy. His ears popped open right there in the meeting. And he came up on the stage and said, I can hear, I can hear, my hearing is healed. And the faith of God's people just went through the roof. And uh, Benin, we just saw so many souls come to Christ and receive him into their heart. And so it's interesting because you don't really see an apostle doing evangelism or a prophet doing evangelism, but prophetic evangelism really is the end time tool that God is going to use. I believe it's not going to be just gospel tracts, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I believe that no other ministry like the prophetic to make a man fall on the knees and declare, surely God is among you, like First Corinthians 14 says, uh, that we're going to see people operating in prophetic anointings as evangelists, standing on stages, calling out sicknesses in the spirit, calling out people's details in the spirit, and that being the conviction, because the prophetic makes you God's secretary to facilitate that person's relationship back to Jesus Christ. And I've seen it happen all, all over the world, you know, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That means when prophecy is released, Jesus is realized. And um, it's just been incredible to witness. Wow. Wow. You've, you've been in uh, Nigeria um, to start off with, and I, you're here in the U.S. Yeah. And now I know in the upcoming months, you're headed to the Philippines, Philippines and, and there. Brazil. And, oh, Wow. 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 That's what happens when you say yes. (laughs) There's, there's that obedience that comes that says yes. Just a couple more questions. It's like Christmas in here. It's, it's like opening gifts and opening things that have you, you want it. And now that you have it, it is here. You go, well, Lord, where are the instructions that Mm. go on with that? Tonight uh, at All Nations, we know that there is a, a prophetic hunger. There is a, a prophetic call. There's mm. there's such a deep hunger and thirst for righteousness, hunger and thirst for the kingdom mm. things. What is the the one thing that you 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 foresee to to speak to to the church to the body in preparation for this new season? Brilliant question. Um... I really believe that God is calling a kind of a John the Baptist prophet in America. And I believe that many share that mantle, not just me, but I believe many do. We've seen the prophet that comes and gives you a word of knowledge and a word of prophecy and you're wowed and it's like, oh my goodness, they know my name. You know, God knows my name, but you already know your name. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm Good news. And I have nothing wrong with it. You know, I, I love prophesying over people. 
I've been sharing in Arizona, but lately I've become a bit disenchanted with it because I think what you end up doing is you raise up people who don't know what's next, right? It's like the pretzel stand um, where you hand out the cinnamon pretzel samples and everybody takes a sample and they go back and take another sample. They go back again, change their shirt, take another sample because if all you're doing is tasting, you're never seeing. And the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. It didn't say taste and keep on tasting. And so what happens is I think people look at the pretzel stand and they they love to eat what they've never paid for. And actually the taste is so that you can actually buy what's inside the shop. And we're in a season where if Tallahassee wants to know what's next, buy your own oil. <laughs> right? We're, we're, the, the interesting thing is we're coming to say, purchase this, pay a price for it. And, you know, I always say the price of the oil is not determined by Walmart. It's determined by the olive because it was crushed to pay that price to produce that oil. And, 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 and so it, tonight's message is really a John the Baptistian message, which the Bible says, prepare a people for the coming of the Lord and prepare a way. So you've got to prepare two things. You've got to prepare a way and you've got to prepare a people. And so that's actually our desire in the U.S., prepare a way and to prepare a people. If you don't prepare a way, then there's no highway for the Lord to come in through. If you don't prepare a people, then when it comes, people will persecute it instead of receiving it. Wow, wow. Revelation, revelation <laughs> and wisdom and the spirit of truth. It is tangible in this room. Uh, maybe it's just me, but I, I, I'm going to take it. Y'all, <laughs> I will take it. Um, we know tonight is going to be awesome and prophetic and the move is just there. We've been waiting and waiting and the anticipation is there. But I know next week is one of the larger ones is Occupy, Occupy. Texas. Yeah. This is wonderful. Can you speak a little bit about that? Well, Occupy is our largest one because we're calling on people from all over the United States. People really are coming in. We have people coming from England. We have people coming from everywhere to Occupy. Um, not only do we have an amazing list of speakers, to name a few, my personal favorites, not that I should have favorites, but my spiritual mom is coming, uh, Dr. Sharon from the UK, um, Jane Hammond, Apostle Jane is coming, uh, uh, Ryan Lestrange is going to be there, Bishop Kevin Wallace, Sean and Krista Smith, um, uh, Jesse Green, who's been doing amazing revival things, and, and uh, uh, um, Kim Owens, thank you, is coming as well, who's been having an amazing revival at Fresh Start in Arizona. Just so many amazing revival. Jeremiah Johnson, amazing revival voices and prophetic voices are going to be there. And so you ask, well, what's God doing? He's merging the prophetic and revival together. Revival voices and prophetic voices. I've often wondered what prophets look like in revival, and I've often wondered what revivalists look like in the prophetic. And so I want to see the two merge and create a synergy that that there's current, but there's also sight. And so we can see where God is taking us because we have prophets there who can announce it and declare it. What Occupy is about is the scripture says, I saw that there was no one to stand in the gap. There's, there's, there's a gap. There's a vacuum in America and Satan loves vacuums. 
the Bible says he finds the house empty. He loves empty spaces because he wants to fill them. And the command of God is occupied till I come. Didn't say be occupied till I come. I think we've got too many Christians today on Netflix and soap operas and TV shows that we're not being the occupying army. We're occupying the church, which is fine, but the church is not where the battle is at. So we have to raise up the saints to understand their occupying mission. When you're the occupying army, you don't win the battle. The battle's already been won. You secure the victory, right? That makes you more than a conqueror. And right now, where we are in America is we think the battle is to win America. No, we're losing America because we've withdrawn the troops. And just like Afghanistan, where Biden withdrew the troops, Taliban rose up because even in the natural, wickedness loves vacuums. Mm. So you need occupying armies to keep victories. It's the same thing that happens in the spirit when we don't become the occupying army in media and entertainment. When we leave media to be told by people who are frankly not spirit filled, we're leaving the narrative of nations in charge of people who have decided their allegiance. And whether you like it or not, whoever has the narrative has the nation. And so the biggest storytellers today of our nation are CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, all of these big news channels that we call the media giants. And yet one bad report held Israel back 40 years. Just think about that. Bad news, fake news, bad reporting, 40 years delay. So that tells me news, media, radio are spiritual entities that are supposed to redeem nations. And so I believe that we need people. We need prophets in media. We need people who can like this radio station. God bless it. Who can tell the right narrative of nations. Don't report the giants. Report the fruit. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, that's good. Don't report the giants. Report the fruit. I guess we're going to see that on Instagram. Amen. We're going to see that yes, posted. That's, that's right. a wonderful um, statement. Um, just to, to close out, um, can you talk a little bit about Prophet's House? Oh, wow. Yes. Um, it's an experiment, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I've always wanted to have prophets in community. My big dream, by the time my life is up, I would love to see houses for the prophets and prophets living together in community. We've seen it just recently in Arizona, actually. Trisha King is doing amazing things, and all these prophets are coming to live in the same neighborhood as her, which is amazing. And they all meet for prayer in her house, and it's just real family. Wow. And so I was jealous as I was watching it, because I was like, <laughs> this is my whole dream, to live with the prophets, to, to you know, that, that we're all together in community, and we're praying for one another, and we're strengthening one another, because prophets need other prophets. Prophets, iron sharpens iron. And so I thought, you know what? Let me just start to do some first fruits things and launch a prophet's house. Somebody donated a house to us, oh. actually, was how it happened. <laughs> uh, yes, it was <laughs> wow. remarkable. I'm telling you, the things God has been doing in Nigeria have blown my mind. Somebody just donated a house to us. And so 
we already have a house, so we didn't need another house. So we said, well, let's use it for the prophet's house and let's start it there. And so it's a beautiful apartment, actually, um, that we've converted into prophet's house. And what that is, is people from all over the world, 12 people, are going to live with us for one month. <laughs> and we're going to train them. My wife and I are going to spend time with them. They're going to come on the crusades with us to all the different places in Africa we go to. They're going to be responsible for actually launching the crusade from start to finish. Wow. So they're going to have real hands-on ministry time. We're going to prophesy over them, of course. They're also going to prophesy over each other. And they're going to do soup kitchens. They're going to do uh, feeding for the poor. And we're just going to travel. And they're going to see life in Africa. And they're going to see what missions and ministry looks like from an apostolic and prophetic place in terms of nation building, um, ministering over world leaders, all of the things we're going to take them on a real tour that we're going to plan around Nigeria. And, uh, it's going to be one month. And so uh, that's, wow. that's it. Wow. Wow. A chance of a lifetime. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like I said, it's an experiment because I've never done it before. <laughs> and, um, I'm as nervous as they are coming in, but you know, we, we have, um, we have our own police that we've hired that are on our staff. So, everybody's going to be secure and safe and it's going to be within a gated community. Um, but we're going to go to some remote and unsafe places. I can't deny that, but we're going to know that God is protecting us and his hand is upon us. Wow. Wow. That is awesome. Now I know a little bit about it, that there are ways that the applications can still yeah, be accepted. So tell me if they visit org, they should see Prophet's House there that they can register for that. Awesome. Awesome. What a chance of a lifetime. And that's in October, 1st of October. 1st of October for yeah. about six weeks, four weeks? For the whole month the of October. The entire month. But, um, I think registrations are closing pretty quick, so people have to hurry up and, and get their place. Hurry up. Go yeah. ahead. Go online to uh, tomiorimi.com. Dot org dot org, yeah. and uh, find out more information. How else can people um, partner with RIG? And sure. They can visit rignation.org and um, forward slash partners. If they want to support us, we have a partnership program, uh, which you're aware of. And um, that program allows people to um, not just become partners of the ministry, but benefit from trainings and teachings that we actually have that will help them sharpen their ability to hear God's voice. We actually have a, over a hundred training videos for anybody who becomes a partner as a thank you for partnering with us. And we actually have 100 training manuals that are getting ready to come out. We already published four of them. We have about 90 something left to go, um, but they're all kind of written out and ready. We're just editing them and taking them to print. Wow. Wow. And uh, he, uh, Prophet Maria mentions publications. You are a accomplished author and you have a, a few, you know, some real good books yeah. out there already. Yeah. <laughs> so I have 13 or so odd books that I've written. Um, like I've just said, a hundred more getting ready to come out. So that'll be 113, I guess. And, um, I've just signed a deal right now that we're working with a, um, a amazing publisher, uh, Larry Sparks to produce from destiny, 
to produce a book on how Christians can prepare themselves for the next 10 years of what's coming. And because as you know, I put out a prophecy called nine years left. So the book is going to detail strategies for the Christian in an eschatological time. We're in the end times. So how do you prepare and what's the posture you should be taking? And so that's really what that book's going to be about. My favorite book, Eat, Sleep, Prophecy, I Repeat, is a book for people who want, oh, you've got it there, is a book for people who want to learn the basics of prophesying. What does God sound like? How do I hear his voice? How do I separate his voice from my voice, his thoughts from my thoughts, his will from my will? How to bring the prophetic back into the local church? So it's been, it's had thousands of sales and hundreds of reviews on Amazon, which is really, I just found out the other day that Amazon does reviews. So I went on there and I was like, oh, wow, (laughs) I've got five star reviews on there, which has been really encouraging to see. And um, also uh, the Cosmopolitan Christian is my latest book. And I've been preaching on that one a lot, actually, because I think Christians need to understand the enemy's devices because our ignorance is what's killing us. You know, the devil's success, a preacher once said, the devil's success is our stupidity. Wow. (laughs) Right. And so I I really believe that, you know, the enemy has been succeeding because by and large, we've been ignorant of his devices. And so that book highlights so detailed the real mechanics that go into Satan's mind and how the church can actually win in a dark and perilous time. Wow. Wow. I got to get that one. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll put that one in my cart. There's <laughs> a sure. moment it comes out. Um, in closing, is there any final thoughts or any remarks or anything you would like to share? You know, I just believe that um, the enemy has been serving America, what I, and even the world, what I call the divine contradiction. You know, everything has been prophesied. The enemy serves the opposite because he is, he wants to resist the purposes and plans of God. And there's so much going on right now in America that the contractions are getting fewer and far in between. So it's causing us to say we really are in the end times. You know, we had a hurricane here and a hurricane there. We had wars and rumors here and there. We had plagues spread out before. But now we're going COVID, monkeypox, wars, rumors, you know, isolation, lockdown. Everything's happening with tightening degrees of contractions. And when the contractions are few and further in between, it means that there's going to be great pain. But on the other side, it means the baby's coming. Right. And if you focus all your strength on the pain, you'll miss what the pain is there to produce. And so my hope, my prophecy for America is this push. Wow. 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 Push America. Push. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I want to thank you for your time today and and thank you for what you are bringing and lighting the fire to Tallahassee here in good old Florida, U.S. of A. And I know one of the things that you say is that you have to be present to catch the wind. Absolutely. You have to be in the place to hear, to discern, to to be that mouthpiece mm-hmm. for the Lord. While it can be tangible online, yes, yeah. but being in the presence, being in the time yeah. is what we're after. Amen. So with that, I'm making the plug. 
come to all nations tonight at 7 p.m. It will blow your mind. I want to thank you, Prophet and team, for coming today. I want to do a quick shout out to Pastor Steve, the best shepherds here in Tallahassee, Florida. And I want to do a special thanks to Doug Apple and Wave 94 for making this happen. Again, tonight, All Nations Church. It means all nations for a reason. It is all nations receiving a international prophet. So tonight at 7 o'clock, see you there and get rigged.